Four. Press review now. Um, we're going to start with what is our top story this morning, the results of the New Hampshire primary. Erin's been there having a look at what the papers have to say, Erin. That's right. Thank you, Stuart. Well, for the Washington Post, uh, Donald Trump's victory over Nikki Haley means it's all but over. Uh, that's one of five uh, takeaways that the paper has to say today. The Post says that her loss means that she's short of a good argument now of how this race may still be competitive. Uh, another major takeaway, though, is that, at least according to the Washington Post, it may be a bad sign for Trump that people did still nonetheless come out and show up and vote for Nikki Haley, even though many of them said that they weren't particularly enthusiastic about her. The Washington Post says that that really amounts to a protest vote that's not negligible and suggests that Trump really will have uh, some work to do in garnering support uh, from doubtful voters after uh, the primaries are over. Now, in an op-ed for The New York Times, there's a similar point made. It says that Donald Trump may have obtained over 54 percent of the vote in that state, and that shows his strong grip on the GOP indeed. But the editorialist argues that it's still also small enough to expose uh, some meaningful discontent in the Republican Party. He goes on to say that New Hampshire then uh, shows us that Donald Trump's party is indeed fractured and fractured parties do often struggle uh, to go on to win the White House. For The Guardian, though, <clears throat> I, I chose this piece because it's somewhat of a different take. Uh, this paper says that uh, given that Trump is the first non-incumbent Republican to win both in Iowa and in New Hampshire, uh, the other candidates essentially never had a chance. The British paper arguing that unlike uh, the others, that the Republican Party does still clearly belong to the president. And given Biden's, I quote, age, his dull speeches and his mantra of democracy being on the line, essentially falling flat, uh, this means that Trump could this time essentially garner uh, plurality, if not uh, an outright majority of a popular vote. Let's come to France uh, for this next story. The lower house of parliament here today is going to begin uh, debating a bill that would enshrine the right to abortion in the constitution. Yeah, but as Libération suggests today, uh, it's looking like it may be a harder battle than the government had perhaps anticipated. Uh, there's reticence both from the right and from the far right. And on top of that, the exact terms of the bill are shaping up to be a stumbling block. Among them, uh, the use of the word guarantee uh, to describe the protection of this fundamental right. Now, Lacroix frames the debate a little bit differently uh, between describing abortion as either a freedom or as a right. The last of course, being much stronger um, for the right-wing uh, bloc in France. Because abortion rights are not under threat in France, there's no need to go so far. They fear that the creation of what would essentially be an enforceable right uh, would disturb the balance then between the rights of pregnant women and the rights of unborn children. That is uh, for the right-wing here in France. Now, Humanité, a left-wing paper, of course, does not exactly agree that abortion is not under threat in France, the paper pointing out that access to the procedure uh, is really unequal depending on where you are uh, in the territory, especially due to the closure of reproductive health centers and restrictions as well on the number of maternity hospitals. The paper reminding readers that this can force uh, women to travel as many as 100, even 200 kilometers far away from their homes uh, in order to get uh, abortions.
Another French-linked story for you now. France's relationship to its last major ally in the Sahel region of northern Africa. Yes, the president of the transition in Chad, Mohamed Idris Deby Itno, is in Moscow now, where he's expected to be meeting with his uh, Russian counterpart, that's Vladimir Putin. Uh, Jeune Afrique says that this visit is both symbolic and uh, strategic. The magazine saying that, like his father, uh, Deby Itno is well aware that Russia has essentially become an unavoidable uh, possible partner uh, in the region. Uh, now, the trip comes ahead of Chad's presidential election as well, set to take place, take, take place sometime within 2024. And part of the opposition what'll, that'll theoretically take place in that uh, election has already started to accuse France of intervening in domestic affairs and of exclusively uh, supporting the Deby Itno dynasty, the family, uh, at, to the detriment of the wider population. Now, indeed, this could be bad news uh, for France, uh, Le Monde reminds us that Chad uh, is France's last major military and even political partner in the Sahel after French troops were forced to withdraw first from Mali, then from Burkina Faso, and then from Niger, uh, the last one at the end of 2023. All of those countries had indeed gotten much closer to Moscow uh, at around the same time. And finally from Erin, uh, another major breakthrough. Uh, this is great stories, but uh, gene therapy, this one. Yeah, this is uh, f another fascinating uh, clue as to as to some of the major innovations that could come uh, from that science in the coming years. Uh, as the New York Times tells us today, an 11-year-old boy from Morocco who uh, was born deaf has gotten his hearing back thanks to gene therapy. He was treated at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, my hometown, and he became the first person ever to get gene therapy, at least in the United States, for congenital deafness. Now, his rare form of that disability is actually caused by a mutation in a single gene. So the goal of this therapy is essentially to replace uh, that gene with a functional one. Now, uh, the, the young boy told reporters last week that there's no sound he doesn't like, and Stuart, he may uh, be, not be the last one to benefit from it. Researchers are hoping to expand this particular study uh, to six different centers across the United States, while other studies are taking place in Europe and China. It's worth mentioning that the disability that he has uh, affects some 200,000 uh, people worldwide. So certainly a hefty portion of, of people, not an insignificant in any case portion of, of people that could benefit from this uh, innovation. That is amazing. Imagine going 10 years without being able to hear anything and then being able to. Fascinating. Thanks so much, Erin. Erin Gunke with the uh, papers for us here on France 24.